0: Welcome to the Prepare to Fire Fire podcast. This is episode number two with a good friend of mine, Robert Ritchie. He is a captain with the Fort Lauderdale Fire Department, 37 years old, and he's got 16 years of fire service experience. Currently, he holds the rank of captain. Uh, He's an instructor for Make Engine Great Again. He has taught at OFC and Fort Lauderdale Fire Expo for the last 10 years, and he is a recent graduate of the Florida Smoke Diver Program. Rob, welcome, dude. Awesome. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm really, uh, really excited for this opportunity. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a good conversation and uh, we're going to roll right into it. So, Rob, let's talk about your uh, your career, man. Uh, Thirty seven years old, recent graduate of uh, the Florida Smoke Diver Program. And I'm going to just dive into your mindset throughout your career. Um, you got you got hired at a pretty young age, um, you know, 16 years on uh, that. You know, this is kind of what you always wanted, I'm assuming. Uh, what did what What was your you know reasoning of becoming a fireman?
1: Uh, so my uh, my uh, fire service story start isn't like a really exciting one or anything or uh, like a, a calling per se. Um, after high school, I was kind of lost on what I was going to do. Um, going through high school, I had a, a longtime girlfriend at the time, like like many people do, and uh, her dad was a Miami Beach fireman. Um, so I had a lot of conversations with him and uh, trying to decide whether I was going to co- go to college or what I was going to do. Um, he kind of steered me in that direction. And uh, towards my sophomore year of high school, I ended up joining an Explorer program with Fort Lauderdale. And that kind of set me on the path of being able to do ride times and kind of see how they operated over there. And that uh, that set me on the path. So when I came out of high school, I was on the waiting list for BFA and uh, just kind of worked my way through until I finally made it over there Fort Lauderdale.
0: Awesome, man. Cool. So I see you worked a year in Collier County. Let's talk about that, and let's talk about how uh, I think a lot of people coming in now have really big dreams, have a- audacious goals, and they're just like, you know, I want to work here. And they're, they it's good to have a goal of where you want to work. It's it's great to have a clear uh, vision of where you want to end up. But um, I think a lot of people are they underestimate getting just hired, right, and just getting experience and, and riding a fire truck and and actually doing the job, learning, making mistakes. Um, so, talk to me about your time at, at Collier.
1: So, Collier County runs uh, EMS over there on the west coast, obviously south of Lee County. Um, I had a couple buddies that uh, that I grew up with that ended up going over there as EMTs, and uh, the the pay was pretty decent. It was like fifty thousand a year, um, and as obviously a kid straight out of high school, it was like a, a gold mine to hit. So. Uh, <laughs> i uh i I got over there um went through their training program, got put on the road uh with a, a medic. There was just two of us on the truck pretty rural area um and for me while I was going through medic school, I was fortunate that I got hired over there um it gave me a lot of like good insight and experience on on like the longer transport times and the stuff that they talk about in medic school that quite honestly anyone that works in a city area down here in South Florida you really don't get exposure you know the hospital is five ten minutes away max. And uh you, you can get away with a lot with a lot of driving faster to the hospital than you can over there, you know? Right. Uh, so the schedule was kind of weird. It was one on, two off, no Kelly days or anything. I was making the the commute across the alley um for my shifts and stuff. Um obviously wasn't where I wanted to be um for end game, but um but I, I would never have given it up. It was a great experience to have and it it helped me a lot when I got made it to Fort Lauderdale to have a little more comfort, at least ride and rescue and stuff like that.
0: Right now, uh, just so I understand clearly, that was only EMS, or that was both EMS and fire.
1: So they're technically EMS and fire. Uh, the way they they ran it, at least back then, I don't think I don't know how things have changed. Um, it was primarily EMS, and then in order to get ALS capabilities on some of the city engines um, and suppression units, they would take a medic off of one of our trucks and take the firefighter off their engine and put it on our our medic unit. And uh, our medic would ride as the in the firefighter spot, which obviously caused a little uh, a friction, to say the least. But um, you could, if you were dual certified, able to go through their ALS program to to get on an engine on a city engine over there.
0: But their their ambulances didn't have firefighting equipment, weren't responding to fires or extrications or anything of that nature. Well, we, we would. Probably... Re- yeah, I'm sorry. We would respond to them. They were just in a, a medical capacity. Right. It's it's pretty crazy because like. You know, even more so, people. You know, I think underestimate getting just hired, right, and just getting an opportunity and, and starting. But in that instance, man, like you were, you were just like, I want to get experience, and and that's just from an EMS side. Like you had zero hope of actually being a fireman, and that's so that's awesome, man. Because to me, that just shows the eagerness of of wanting to get started and wanting to become better. And like you said, um, even if it was just on the EMS side, which you know, everybody knows that's a majority of what we do, and I, I truly believe when they, when people call the fire department, they need people to solve their problems, right? And the number one thing that we make a mistake is thinking that our problems are the same as theirs, and like it's that's not the case, right? Every every human views the world in a different manner, and it's our job to show up and leave them better than we found them, right? And if that's a medical call, which majority of the time it is. Then that's what we do. And um, I I know for me, with my experience up in Marion County with just a two man rescue, um, it's night and day coming down here to South Florida, um, you know, being surrounded by so many, you know, paramedics that come to help. Right. It's not like it was up there. So that's what's up, man. That's cool. So talk to me about your transition. You uh, you get hired with Fort Lauderdale. Was it was it a one time go or how many times did you go through the process? Uh, so
1: I ended up going through uh, the process. I guess you'd call it two times. I went, I went through the hiring process and initially got skipped after uh, the chiefs interview. Um, you know, I can't tell you why, other than I was probably completely unprepared for the interview. It wasn't something that I had focused on, and obviously I was a, a young kid, so I didn't have a lot of experience in that arena. But um, okay, I ended up getting a call after that class went through. They hired. It, I was a class of two. It was really a weird situation, but, uh, just, they brought two of us on, um, they needed to get people on the road and they brought me in. I had two weeks of training and then got kind of thrown to the wolves after that.
0: And, and that's pretty crazy to think now what the, the training academy, you know, I'm just familiar with, you know, cause we have friends that, that work in that department and, um, uh, they've, they've told me how your training academy works. It's a night and day difference now, right? We're talking what, 15 years later. Um, I think you've seen the evolution of, you know, even your department being so traditional. Um, when were you guys founded? 1880 something? What was it? 19, 1912. 1912. All right, yeah. cool. So still over a hundred years of tradition. And um, you think you guys, you know, were, you know, top notch. And it just goes to show like the fire service is is always growing. It's always learning. It's always, you know, improving. And I think it's because of guys like us that question, is this, this is what we do, but is it the best thing we do? Like, is it the best way to do something? Is it the most efficient? Um, and, and I think we need people like that to always question the fire service, right? What what are we doing? And is it the best way? And is there another way that's better? Right. Um, so that's what's up. So let's talk about the the difference in your your position now compared to where you started of training. Let's talk about you know, training guys through the academy. Uh, when they do get hired with City of Fort Lauderdale, so uh, it's actually a a really interesting time
1: that you brought that up too. Because in about two weeks, I'm going in. I'm heading in with a uh, a group of guys that you know to uh to do our our next rookie class. Um, it's actually going to be like a a new blended thing we're doing that it's going to be about thirty five guys over the course of fifteen weeks. We have a kind of split up weird where we're trying a new thing out. Um, but yeah, the the way things were back then was just the bare bone essentials. Like, can you throw a ladder? Can you pull a line? Um, can you operate this air pack, A very basic intro to EMS. Um, and, and, and then that was kind of it where it's evolved. Now, um, we've got on the docket five weeks of fire, five weeks of EMS, and we go over everything now, resilience, self-survival, air consumption drills, uh, RIT, ladder ops, engine company operations. And then the EMS side of things, we're just really going to start kicking it up a notch where we're actually going to run these random uh, mock calls with them, right? Put them on a rescue, have an instructor laying in a bush somewhere, being a drunk guy, how to deal with that call, how to deal with the simple stuff that we take for granted sometimes, right? Getting the stretcher in and out or getting an IV set up, like all, all the stuff that I think after time you kind of get um, desensitized to because you're used to doing it all the time, that the brand new people, especially with the, the recent group that's coming on, the COVID medics, we call them, right, that didn't really get ride times or clinicals, you know, they're coming out. Their their first IV or innovation may be that first call they run with you. So um, right. we're gonna we're going to try to, as an organization, do a better job now. And I think our training is light years ahead of where it was when I first came on.
0: That's that's I, I truly think when you hire an employee for a fire department, and I have a little amount of experience, man, compared to you and compared to a lot of other people, but I think it's it's our duty to train them, right? I think a lot of departments have in place testing procedures where I think that's what the probationary period is for, right? Is is you test them, you know, throughout probation. You don't test them within the first twelve to fifteen weeks. I think that's the time where you you make them day one firefighters, like, do you think them ready to, when they come on the road, they're not useless. They're actually applicable to serving as a team member and, and being, you know, a part of that unit that helps any situation. Because like you just said, there's a lot of simple things that we do take for granted that we are, you know, numb to that these guys have no idea. And now they're just, they're in the way, right? They're, 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 they're hindering our operation. And it's like, we're paying them a lot of money, most people in, in Florida and South Florida, I mean, across the country, have just gone through a 12 to 15-week academy. And you start to question, what, what is that training academy? What's the purpose? Like, what are, what's, what are we doing here? Because if it's just a checklist, that's not helping the citizens and it's not helping the guys on the line receiving a new employee. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, you, you've been a captain. How long have you been a captain for the city? Uh, about six and a half years now. Okay, cool. Six and a half years. What do you expect out of a, a day one guy that just got out of the academy that shows up, um, you know, super eager, passionate, um, young, just like you were? What what do you expect out of that guy? Uh, my expectation for them now is obviously a basic skill set,
1: especially with uh, with my involvement with our training bureau. I know the training they're getting out there. So the bait, the very basics, you know, be able to stretch a line. Be able to throw the ladder, all the stuff we talked about. Um, my my biggest thing though is questions, man. Like come in hungry, ask questions. Um, you know, ask how the driver operates, ask what the what the officer is expecting of them, and ask for those expectations if if the officer is not going to give that to you right off the rip. Um, and just be hungry, man. Stay. I you know I would rather a guy roll up and down every compartment on that truck for twenty four hours straight than sit inside and bury his head in a book you know, pretending to read page five, 72 times, um, you know, I would much rather you just put your hands on the equipment and not be afraid to fail at some stuff. If you got some weakness, man, bring it up. Let, let's go do it. Let's go tackle it together. And I might not be the leading expert on whatever that thing is, but, but we will figure out how to get you around whatever little uh, hiccup you may have. Um, and that, that really is my biggest expectation. I, I try my best, especially with the newer guys to set the expectations early let them know, you know, I have my first regular crew this year for the first time since I've been promoted. Um, so my driver does certain things on certain calls. I operate a certain way and I let them know what that looks like. So they know where they fit into that, that puzzle. And then if there's any, any questions for that, like, let's get them answered out of the way before the the stress hits us on the call.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I was just talking to our friend Evan and he's going to get promoted soon, you know, hopefully sooner than what they they expect. But I told them how exciting it is to have that new challenge of being a company officer, um, of working with different crews, and and having, you know, like you said, that expectation of this is what I expect out of you, and this is what we're gonna do and grow together, right? We're gonna tackle it together. I might not be the best, and if I'm not, I'm gonna put us in a situation where we are getting the best information from the right person, or we go, you know, get better together. Um, and and there's two things I want to pull out of that 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 conversation we just had. The first thing is is when you were coming up, what was the mentorship you had that kind of molded you into or what molded that expectation from from you? Like, where did that expectation generate from? I'm assuming you had you were brought up in the fire service with a certain mentor that that's what that's what they expected. That's what they taught you. Um, or did, was this just something that you came in with the, the mindset of I'm just going to learn, I'm going to make mistakes and I just want to be you know hungry and, and driven?
1: Yeah, so, uh, I, it, I definitely did not come up with that. I um I I feel like life has a lot of luck involved in it, and I definitely hit the jackpot when I first came on. I got a bid early at our uh our firehouse forty six, the Trunk Express, um and the three officers that were running that house are uh, Danny Moran, who's a battalion chief now, Mike Salzano, who's a battalion chief right now, and Steve Shaw, who's an assistant chief. Um, those were the three lieutenants at the firehouse, and Man, you know, I don't want to blow blow their skirts up, but those guys really set me in the right direction from uh, setting expectations, from being geeks of the fire service. Those guys have their own uh, little niches that they follow that they're they're nerds about, you know, whether it be high rises or engine company ops or saws, whatever it may be. Um, Those guys were experts in those fields. Sorry, excuse me. No worries. I don't know where you went. Sorry, um, those guys were experts in their fields, and it was it was a godsend to be able to have those guys. One, set me straight when I needed to be straight, um, and two, um, lead with with work ethic and and hard work and and getting out there, getting dirty, putting hose on the ground, putting the saw to the doors, doing the stuff that needed to be done to show me. Um, what that looked like and what a, what a good company officer was. And, uh, I definitely hit the jackpot when I, when I got in with those guys. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I don't believe in luck. I think, uh, you know, luck favors the prepared. That's, that's a quote that that I I truly stand by. And, um, I think successful people, they get lucky because they work their ass off. Right. But you know how the fire service works and, and for anybody that's coming in, uh, I want you to have a clear understanding of this. You don't get lucky, right? Sure. You might get placed in a situation where you are surrounded by the best people, the best officers, the most driven individuals that want to make the fire service better, make the guys around them, girls better. Um, they want to be better. Right. And the funny thing about it is, it's like, OK, you got in that good spot. But if you're not there, if you don't meet their expectation, we all know how the fire service works. You're not going to be around for, for very long. They, those guys have an expectation for everybody and themselves. And if you're a new guy and you don't meet that expectation, unfortunately, you're not going to be around for long. You know what I mean? And the the, the, the great thing about that is, is, is I was fortunate enough, too, to be surrounded by guys that were really, really good. And the, when I started, I was surrounded by guys that – not that they were bad. They just didn't have the expectation that I had, right? And I think a new guy's expectation being high – the company officers should be even higher, right? And, and that's the only way to get the most out of the employee and to develop that young firefighter into the best firefighter that he can be. And just from what I've heard about your department and those three individuals, I've actually met all three. Um, they are stand up, stand up. And they, they truly have changed the fire service. Um, and, and I believe that the fire service is really just this big oak tree. And we're just all a part of, of different parts of the tree right um and, and every person that you look at uh if you look at who brought them up they're like you just said guys that had the high expectations and they developed that mindset into the the individual that like this is what we need to always strive to be and we can't never you know not meet that expectation so that's that's awesome man and let me ask you as a captain for for a new guy I think it's you know I, I see this all the time these guys are so consumed in cleaning and doing the this, this shit that I think the the firefighters that don't have an expectation give them a hard time about instead of focusing on what really matters. And I, I, it's, it's unfortunate because if you don't have leaders that have that expectation of having a good firefighter, having a well-knowledged firefighter, having a resilient firefighter, then that individual will be molded by people who really think that cleaning the bay, cleaning the station and opening a book means anything, you know what I mean? Um, and, and all that stuff has its time and place. Don't get, don't get it. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. But the most important thing is, is like you just said, um, we work on the weaknesses and we actually are day one firefighters when we come out to the road and just, you know, improve every day. What's your take on, uh, you know, these, these new guys that, you know, are busting their ass doing stuff that really doesn't matter. You know, like
1: I said before, I, you know, like, and like you just said, there is a time and place. Don't get me wrong. Like there is a, that year is the proving ground for yourself from skills to work ethic and all that other stuff. So the station duties and being the, the junior guy in the firehouse and that even comes being off probation, you know, like you're the junior guy, you're going to get probably the crappy station duties and stuff. But um, those things have to come second to what our job is. And that has to be in the forefront of your mind um, over Anyone's probationary period, they're going to run across different officers, whether they be good, whether they be bad. Um, you just got to take, take in those experiences and chop them up in your head. And on the bad ones, just remember what that felt like. On the good ones, remember what that felt like and looked like to you. And that's how you're going to cultivate what your career is going to look like from those experiences. So, um, you know, my, my most important thing is that you need to be able to be prepared to do your job and be ready to do your job and understand what that looks like. And the toilets can get cleaned afterwards, you know, like that stuff definitely needs to get done. Don't get me wrong, like you said, but um, but the main priority, especially in the very beginning, is we need to dial in these skills because everyone should know it by that point that that first call could be the worst call. Right. So we got mm-hmm. to have to be ready right away. And the, the toilet and all the mopping and stuff can wait. So Right.
0: Yeah. It, it's It's one of those things. It's understanding priorities like that is a priority. But when you're new, uh, equipment familiarization is, uh, super um, is super high on the priority list. Skill set is super high on the priority list. Expectations, super high on the priority list. And those three things cannot be improved or obtained if you're fucking mopping the station at 7.15 in the morning. You know, um, so I just think and and, I, and I, anybody that does that, that I see. You know, I just ask them a simple question like, hey, man, go grab me something simple like the ERG. And if they look at me like I have six heads on my on, on my forehead, I'm like, that's a simple, you know, simple little book that you should know where it's at on the engine. And then you ask them a couple more questions that they don't know. And it's like, hey, man, like what is where do you usually work? What's the expectation? Oh, well, you know, I've never been asked these questions. And then you start doing the research and everywhere I've been that I've worked with individuals that do have high expectations. Tell me if I'm wrong. You know, when you are new, the expectation to clean is really on you, but they make it known that they want you to be ready physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that cleaning is a priority, but it's not our number one priority. So um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, I, I believe that guys like like you that have promoted young and, and that's another thing let's talk about how young you know in your organization you promoted and and the struggles you faced in doing that
1: so I was uh, I'm 37 so you know I was uh just after my you know my 31st birthday or 30th birthday whatever it was um you know I had nine years on at the time when I got promoted to captain so um, it was definitely a struggle. Uh, earlier in my career, I had a lot of struggles with maturity and stuff. You know, I was definitely a young kid with very little direction coming in. Um, and I had to overcome a lot of stuff when it came to that. So when I made officer, I had to make like an, like an active decision to go, all right, man, I, I really need to like clean up the perception of who I am. And um, that did not come quickly. That was not a overnight thing. Um, You know, I think when you first get promoted, you're walking this line of the the badge fever and, you know, that kind of uh, perspective on you where you want to, like, hold this line, but you don't want to you don't want anyone to be like, oh, all of a sudden this guy gets promoted and now he's acting this way. Right. So those things take time and it can't be a a flip of a switch. Um, So I think the biggest struggles, at least for me, um, that I saw it, it, I, I think for the most part, anyone who's into the job going to a house fire is not the main struggle as an officer, right? Like we've, we have practiced that to death. There are obviously anomalies and things that can go wrong, no doubt. And things can be tough in there. But uh, for the most part, I think the biggest struggles come with interpersonal stuff, like being able to have uncomfortable conversations with people, especially people that are senior to you, um, especially with people that have a perception of you that may not be uh, in the best light that you caused yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. I take full accountability for causing those things for myself. Um, but I think those were the toughest things and figuring out how to deal with those and having those mentors to, to call, you know, maybe at one in the morning, hey, listen, I got this really weird situation. Um, and I'm not I'm not a hundred percent. This is what I'm thinking, and I, I just need a little confirmation on like, am I is my head in the right place right now? Yeah, it is, or hey, why don't you look at it from this point of view? I think that those are the struggles, and that's where uh building yourself a good network comes into play so that when you get promoted. Those phone calls are there and those people are there that you can lean on because the interpersonal stuff really is the most difficult part of our job as far as I'm concerned when it comes to being an officer. Right.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think that relationships are everything. And speaking of maturity issues, you know, I've I put myself in some situations recently and um, I am I, I look at my career right now where I've kind of made a little bit of a mess and just picture a road with garbage on it and you know you walk down a road with garbage on it you're like man this is a messy street compared to a clean sidewalk right by the beach that doesn't have fucking trash on it and you're like wow this is this is a nice sidewalk this is a nice beach so i'm cleaning up my mess man and, and same thing the perception that i've created that isn't accurate uh, but i'm fixing along the way but relationships are everything and um the, uh, one of our good friends i'll keep his name out of it but he He taught me something very, very important at his recent uh, pinning ceremony. I saw certain individuals that like gave him a lot of respect and were friends with this individual. And I'm like, I know they don't see eye to eye on tactics, uh, aggressive, being aggressive firefighter uh, mindset, fitness, but they're still friends. And it goes to show you how important relationships are, no matter The perspective of each individual, right? We don't have to agree on everything, but it is paramount that we do have a working relationship. We do have a friendship that when push comes to shove, we can both help each other out. And and that's any new guy, understand that you need to work on relationships coming up in the fire service, because like you just said, there's going to come a time where you need the mentors and you need the people that are going to help you. Um, This is a profession that cannot be done alone, cannot be progressed alone, Um, And I truly believe everybody that you surround yourself with will dictate your career track. uh, Bottom line, if you surround yourself with negative people and that's in life in general, obviously, you're not going to get very far. Um, But even more so, like you said, interpersonal skills. There's a lot of different personalities. There's a lot of different egos. And from an officer standpoint, like you just said, um, promoting you, you now are in charge, right? Whether, you know, Anybody likes it or not, when you when you become a rank higher than firefighter, you now have rank. And that comes with responsibility. Somebody has to be the adult and somebody has to be able to say, hey, we're not doing that. This is what we're doing. And, you know, it's like the president of the United States. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But a decision has to be made. Right. And um, I think at a young age, it's awesome because what you lack in experience, hopefully, you make up for it in passion and, you know, the eagerness to be better, right? And, you know, you might not know many things, but you're passionate and you know that when you do make mistakes, you'll correct and you'll be better than you were before. So uh, I love it, man. I, I truly admire guys like you um, that, you know, have, have pushed every day of your career to be better, made mistakes, are upfront about it. Um, because a lot of people that, you know, I, I come across, they, they have a facade that they're perfect and none of us are perfect. You know, we've all ruffled feathers. We've all made mistakes. We've all done some shit that we're like, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, man. So let's, uh, let's talk about you're 37 years old. So when did you embark on the, I want to be a smoke diver journey? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) Our uh, our common friend Mejia got
1: hired with us, um, and I quite honestly, man, like I like a lot of people who even ask me now, like, oh, what's a Florida smoke diver? You yeah. um, know, I thought it was some kind of wildland firefighting thing. I thought it was an up north thing. I, you know, right. culturally, it's just not really down here, as you know, it's just not right, like, right, right, Yeah. Down here. So, um, you know, when he came on, uh, Evan Shaheen came on shortly after him. Um, And obviously Evan had already attempted the class um, and that's kind of what started that journey. I got on the Rick competition team with those guys um, and started training with them and figuring out what exactly the smoke diver program was. And um, it just really piqued my interest, man. There was a lot of stuff that led up to that, that, that forced me um, mentally, at least to like want to seek out this thing. And uh, once I, once I figured out what it was, I was like, all right, man, I want to, yeah, I used to joke with Yulia all the time, like, dude, that that hat is so silly. It's so plain. Like, that's uh, that's your like claim to fame, you know? And I'm um, like, dude, I'm I'm chasing that hat now, man. I want to get that thing. So, um, you know, my first attempt at that class was I, was a- actually, you know, I roomed with you and Evan up there um, in '19 when you made it through, and mm-hmm. uh, I just I was uh, unfortunately for me at the time, just was not prepared. You know, I thought I was prepared. Right. Um, And the way that I prepared for the class was to meet the meet the standard. Right. And uh, as you and I both well know now that meeting the standard and shooting for the bare minimum is never going to get the job done up there. So um, I had to completely revamp the way I trained um, to come back for my next attempt.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I got I got goosebumps thinking about it, about that year and uh, what what the program means to me. And how it's changed my life forever. And um, the purpose, right? I think outsiders look at it as an an ego thump, a a chest thump, look at me. And it it has nothing to do with that, right? It it truly doesn't. But before I get carried on that fucking tangent, let's talk about how, to be honest with you, man, like there's a lot of people that have rank that will steer nowhere near this class because they're a captain and they don't want to fail or they don't want to expose weaknesses or they don't want to look weak. Um, I mean, yeah, let's just keep it at that. What did that ever cross your mind? you're like, I don't care about that. I want to test myself. This is something I want to do. And no matter what anybody here at Fort Lauderdale or anywhere in the, in the, in the world says like Rob Richie is going to uh, complete this goal.
1: Yeah. So like, that is another one of those. Like I know we, uh, you said you don't believe in luck. Like I was lucky. I feel like to come across, uh, Joe Fox, and he was, uh, he's a captain with us, a long, t- long time captain, got a lot of time on training officer, mm-hmm. um, and he instilled in me early that, uh, it was okay for people to see you fail, right? Because that meant you were attempting to do stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and he has a saying like "fail fast." So like, get the failure out of the way early, so we can, so we can attack it. So for right. me, there wasn't, there wasn't, it it didn't cross my mind. Like with all honesty, it didn't cross my mind that, Hey, I'm an officer. If I fail at this, people are going to feel a certain way about me. Um, I felt like this is what I want to do. It doesn't matter what rank I am. Um, there's, there's a task that has to be accomplished and I want to succeed here. So if I fail, man, like I'm out there doing it and I'm trying. So as far as I was concerned, unless you're standing next to me on the grinder out there, standing next to me at the PT test, Uh, Putting out, then your opinion at that point about me being failing as an officer didn't really matter to me, and it wouldn't have mattered anyways. Like uh, whether you were there or not, but especially anybody because I definitely had comments when I came back the first time. Like, oh, couldn't finish it, huh? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I would just laugh it off. I was like, oh, I must have missed you out there. I didn't see you when I was out there sucking, you know. So right, 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 uh, right. So yeah, that that's that for me. Fortunately, has not been a thing where I was. I've always been pretty good about being self-accountable where I was like, Hey man, yeah, I sucked there. I got to do better now. So we'll, uh, we'll give this another go.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing about life. When you expose yourself to an audacious challenge, you meet the real you, right? And we, we live in this, everybody thinks that they, they like fighting, for example, everybody thinks that if you get into a fight, like you can just automatically turn into this MMA fighter. And and that's not how it works. Like, (laughs) like, and that's the same thing with being an elite firefighter. That's the same thing with, with being an elite, you know, athlete, like you, you will never rise to any occasion. And, And a lot of people live with this false sense of reality of who they are, and what they can do under unique circumstances. And this goal is something that will, it will mirror who you are really will. It will show you quickly who you are, how tough you are, and the type of person you think you are. And I think the class is not determined by success. The class is determined by the actions that you therefore, you know, complete when the class tests you, right? If it's failure, if it's an evolution, if it's, you know, whatever the case is, your actions, therefore after, is really what the class is about. It's not about success, right? I, I look at it like the guys who come back multiple times that are unsuccessful, they got the best fucking experience. The best experience. They became the best firemen. They learned the most lessons. They were exposed the most times to meeting who they really are and being better. Right. And they're better off for it. Um, I talk about it all the time. The 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 one hit wonders, I'm like, even myself, man, like I was like. Man, I kind of wish I would have failed a couple more times. You know, I would have learned. And that's just my my mindset of learning through failure, right? Because when you do succeed at every finish line, you will quickly move on past the success you just achieved. And you will see that there's another start line, right? There's, we've just moved the boundary a little farther. And now the finish, there's another finish line. And that's just life. That's just life. But failing... You know, brings everything to like the, the perspective of I wasn't good enough. And then now it's time for the individual to make the decision. Is that what you're going to let your life be dictated by is is failing? Or are you going to make the decision? I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be better. I'm going to, you know, improve in all aspects and come back and succeed. And, you know, that's, that's amazing, man. I, I love it. I truly am grateful for you coming back. And I've seen your journey. I've seen how you fought, and 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 it's it's nothing but impressive. So for that, man, uh, I, I truly thank you. And uh, Rob, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I know there was a lot of insight in this episode, um, guys. This is Rob's first podcast, so he crushed it. And uh, I just want to say thank you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, man. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode. We're out.